It's time for Geek Gamer Weekly. Center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth. The Uber Podcast, just for geeks and gamers. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. With your hosts, Joseph Falby. Men wanted to be like him. Women wanted to be with him. John Kessler. He will be talked about in the same way that Rockefeller and Carnegie and, and Ford are talked about. And Chase Nunes. For your information, butthead, he's headed for the video championships in Los Angeles. Now, live from Earth. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? Past that. When? Just now. It's Geek Gamer Weekly. This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode number 187, recorded on Sunday, December 18th, 2011. Joe comes home for the holidays. GGW is brought to you by the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. For more information, visit techpodcasts.tv. And by Minecraft Me, the new show that is all about the hot game Minecraft. For more information, visit geekgamer.tv slash minecraftme. And by Wirecast. Plug in your cameras, prepare your shots, and broadcast live with this powerful software package. For more information about Wirecast, visit telestream.net and click on the Wirecast page. Hey everybody, welcome again to another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. This is the Uber podcast for geeks and gamers. We're happy to have you all here on a Sunday evening, hanging out with us at live.geekgamer.tv. What are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. Go. This week I am here with... Joseph Falby. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> what? John Kessler. He's first. You know he's first. <laughs> he said I should go first. That's why you guys are all powwowing <laughs> over there. <laughs> You guys both suck. <laughs> What's wrong? Uh, whatever. Jeez. Switch it up. Yeah. That's fine. I'm here, so we if, can... If, I'm, if, I'm actually in the room. I mean, see? Right here uh, in the room. Ow. Oh, God, I'm falling over. <laughs> right here in the room. And uh, and so... Thanks. And so, yeah. um, you know, we can plot now yeah. against Chase. Plot. Because he's on that yeah. side of the room. He's on that side of the table. Yeah. He's in the big chair. Anybody can ask me how I'm doing? How are you doing, Chase? I'm just Ducky. Thanks. Cool. I thought you were supposed to ask him that. <laughs> no, we're just switching, we're switching it, up. it up. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All righty. Joe, welcome to the studio. Yeah. Welcome to the the nest. The cottage. It's good to be here. The cottage? No. No, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's another network. Oh. They used to have a cottage. Now they have a million-dollar studio. They're called Twit. The mansion. What? They're called This Week in Tech. This isn't a million-dollar studio? N- well, it's close. There's, there's got to be at least ten thousand dollars worth of hats in here. Million dollars. So Joseph, you should do an episode where you just go around and introduce all your hats. <laughs> <laughs> this, this week we're going to talk about the uh, Castaway Key uh, Bahamas hat. Like I, I hadn't noticed the CSI hat you have over there. I mean, we could show it on camera, but then we'd have to enhance and zoom in and enhance and magnify, zoom in a few times. magnify, yeah. enhance. Yeah, magnify and enhance. Anyway, we need to buy some more pixels, please. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, uh, uh, representing the Oregon Bureau of Technology and Gaming Research and Snort dot org. Yep, yep. And then John Kessler. I represent nothing. You represent the president of the Chow Operations. And look, I'm over there, and you're right over there. Hi, Chase. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Cool. So uh, we had a good weekend. Uh, yeah. We uh, hung out, played some games, a yep. lot of games, a lot of older games. I tried to, I at least tried to get going. We played Ricochet as far as an old title. Yes. I played a real brief stint of United Offensive. No one wanted to by play. By himself. By yeah. myself. Played United Offensive with himself. We played Trackmania Nations for like eight minutes. <laughs> we did two maps. Two tracks. One and I a think. half, I think. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. John actually got to play some Battlefield 3, finally. Yeah. How was yep. that? Yeah, it was all right. Just okay? Yeah. Just okay. Just okay. He spent all this time on the hills trying to snipe people. Yeah. Ah, you're one of those. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> He's the kind of person that I get shot by, and then I go hunt down and stab him in the back. Yeah. Uh, so... That's what snipers deserve. What do you guys want us to talk about first? What do you, what do you guys want to talk about first? Since we're here. And since we're here? I don't since know. Since we're here. And you guys know the stories. Um... Well, it's either going to be the anti-Windows Phone one or the pro iPad one. No, like, I was even going to bypass those two altogether. What were you going to go with? I was going to go with Sprint saying that they've disabled Carrier IQ on its devices, so now John is safe. <gasps> Thank you. 
Sprint said, uh, you know, while granted they stood by their use of Carrier IQ in the past, they've decided to go ahead and disable it. They're now further evaluating options regarding its diagnostic software as well as Sprint's diagnostic needs. Now, MobileBurn notes that, however, while the software has been disabled, it's not clear that if it means it will actually be removed with a future software update. And disabled in really big, giant quotes. Yes. Or is it just not installed on new handsets? So, John, you probably still have it on your phone. So it's very important, John, to go ahead and get a uh, root, root your phone. John. Yes. Do you know what that means? Root. Yes, I know what that means. You should root your phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, go ahead and uh, you, know, you know, wipe it and stuff. What are you? What are you doing? What? What? What are you doing? I was clicking on the content <laughs> for the show, <laughs> the stories. Well, no, I, it's interesting. I mean, it's good. Obviously, step in the right direction. But I don't know what disabled means. Disabled means. The phones actually will stop sending the data, or the phones still send the data, but Sprint doesn't lock the data anymore. That's true. So, so, so actually, or the carrier, phones just don't work anymore. So they disable them. <laughs> carrier IQ. Well, it is Sprint, so that yeah. sort of you know. Goes, yeah, that is but, true. I mean, Sprint yeah. barely works at all. Yeah. John, how is your phone working? Just fine. When you can keep track. When I of find it. it. You know, I found a phone similar to that on Craigslist over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. It worked pretty well. Same case and everything. So yeah, carrier, they just didn't, they just couldn't log into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well. We were going to factory wipe it. Then we could log into it. That's true. All you got to do is just plug it in and make it happen. Yeah. Not that bad. Uh-huh. All right. So Next. let's let's go from one mobile story to another mobile story. This time talking about Windows Phone 7.5. And this is a huge, nasty bug. This bug breaks the messaging hub. And the only way to fix it is by doing a hard reset. So, Joe, can you explain to the layman viewer and listener out there? What is causing this problem? Well, uh, I mean, it's it's obviously a bug in the in the messaging hub, but basically the way it happens is you if you send a or someone sends a properly formatted or, or I guess improperly formatted, but a, <laughs> a, a SMS text message with specific bad characters or a bad you know set of lines in it to a Windows Seven Five phone, it'll crash the messaging hub. Nice. It'll actually, the first thing it'll do is, is restart the phone. The screen, they have a great video of it. Screen goes black, phone restarts. When the phone comes back up, you tap on the mess, you know, messages to get into the messaging area and it just dumps you right back to the main tile page. So I'm playing the, the video of, of hey guys, this right it's, here. Uh, Tom from winrumors.com. So we're just taking a look at a flaw in Windows Phone um, that will allow attackers basically to send an SMS message to a Windows Phone device um, that will then reboot the device and disable access to the messaging hub. So you see we're waiting for a message here. Sounds you like hear a the hot vibration of the messenger out there, but we don't get anything on the screen. <laughs> and now the screen's just turned off. Well, that was off, the phone so getting the message, right? And then the, the device. So if we turn that yeah. back on. Oh, so it doesn't reboot. It actually turns the device off. You have to manually turn it back on. You're going, hey, where's my phone off? Okay, so we're back in now. Um, so if we open up the actual messaging hub, um, what you'll notice is the messaging hub actually fails to load. Um, we can try this again um, multiple times and even after reboots, um, and it still won't load up. Wow. So the only way to get the messaging hub to start working again is to basically reset your phone to defaults. Um, you do a full factory wipe on it, you get it back to how you, you originally acquired the phone, and uh, and then your messaging will work until someone sends you another text message. It always amazes me how uh, these kind of bugs are actually discovered. I, yeah. I, I mean... No, no word yet from Microsoft about this. Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, there may be there may be something. This story broke um, broke a few days ago uh, on the 15th, and um, uh, you know, so there there may have been an update to it since then. I haven't really seen one yet. I haven't seen any on the main news uh, um, the main news forums or anything like that yet. Right. But um, the other thing is, I haven't been able to figure out what the text message is because, man, I really want to start sending it to Windows oh. Phone users. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, jo, wait a minute. Didn't you used to be a Windows Phone user? Why would you uh-huh. want to start uh, alienating those users? Because I'm not one anymore. Oh, okay. Because um, <laughs> he's a mean. No, I mean, it, mean. don't get me wrong. Windows Phone 7.5 is a great device. But um, honestly, if the same thing was happening in Android, I would be sending those messages to John every day. Yes. So Where's my phone reboot? Yeah. And if the same thing was happening on iOS, I would be really tempted to send it to Chase too. Yeah. yeah now, so now it's, I'm not I'm not being phone specific. I'm just saying, you know. 
the well, opportunity to break somebody's phone that completely is just awesome. You, you, yeah. Now, granted, you, you could be like uh, Apple and, and have a, an ad like this. How do I get to Charlie Grant's house? Here are directions to Charlie Grant's house. Is it cold in Santa Fe? Is it cold? Cleveland tonight? Really cold, down to about 14 degrees. I need to get something for Mrs. Claus. Find that email with the naughty or niceness. Yeah, noted. New message from Mrs. Claus. Go easy on the cookies. <laughs> How does the rest of my day look? You have 3.7 billion appointments. <laughs> well, that's a really interesting question. If I put 3.7 billion appointments on my phone and I asked it how many appointments I had, would it tell me I had 3.7 billion appointments? It would go, you're really busy. Well, if you looked at the fine print, Joe, it said uh, sequences are shortened. So so it might tell you, but it might take it 20 minutes to count How that long number. would it actually take for you to put in 3.7 billion appointments? A while. Yeah. I actually... I, uh, Each appointment. I think you could put one appointment in and have it replicate like once a second. But if you looked at the screenshot of, of, of the video, it, yeah. they, were, they were spaced out in times yeah. and stuff. I mean... I don't think the battery would last that long to get you notification for all those. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Well, you just turn off notifications. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It'd be kind of interesting to try. Yeah, but uh, maybe three point seven billion is a little high. Maybe maybe I'll just start like with a million. Yeah. Normally, a, an appointment though has a time frame, doesn't it? Yes. So yeah. it would have to be in you know. There's not enough minutes in the day. It'd be a quarter second. A quarter second. Minutes. Well, that's why I'm saying slot. I think you, you would create a repeating event. This is so stupid that we're having this conversation. <laughs> we're, we're way over. Realistically, nobody's going to do this. <laughs> Let's go from one Apple uh, product to another. Talking about this is a great article uh, that we discovered over on cultofmac.com and explains why the Apple iPad is the most hated gadget ever. The most hated. I mean that's that's saying a lot. I mean we've had, I don't know, a few billion gadgets through our lifetimes. This is the most hated. Well, it's not hated by people. The article oh, saying it's hated by by other groups, by especially competitors and and you know, mostly competitors and in industries. Um, you know, it talks about uh, why the Android, the the tablet competitors hate the iPad, and yeah. the big reason for that is like the touchpad, which you know was launched with huge fanfare. Same price point as the iPad. Everybody said, "Oh, it's going to do great. It'll take over. You know, it'll it'll put a big dent in the iP iPad sales," and it never did. And uh, HP, of course, ended up having to do a fire sale on them and sold them at well below cost. Uh, then the next one is the BlackBerry Playbook. Same thing. They said, "Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to take a big chunk out." Well, at least people who had never used BlackBerry said that. Um, and uh, <laughs> it ended up they had to drop the, uh, the they anticipated selling 2.4 million for them in a fiscal quarter and they ended up selling only 200,000 and they ended up having to cut 300 bucks off the price which means it was selling for below cost and uh, the only thing that people have been able to actually produce that they think will compete against it is the Amazon Kindle ah. which is being sold at a loss. <laughs> well, the Kindle Fire, you the mean. The Kindle or? Fire, yeah. Specifically yeah, the, Kindle Fire. It's being sold at a loss because they're anticipating making the money back on Amazon.com purchases later. Now, what's the date on this? Uh, this story came out on the, seven, the, on the 17th. Now, so yesterday. Under the Amazon, they said the Amazon Kindle, the, the mm -hmm. Fire is the only non-iPad touch tablet currently su oh, succeeding in the market. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it's succeeding because it's cheap, and there's a lot right. of Amazon yeah. customers out there who, you know, they jump on it because they want to support yeah. Amazon. And the, well, the they trust is, Amazon as a company and stuff like that. But it's it's really interesting well, where this article goes because it, it, it talks about that, and then it talks about vertical industry um, tablets. Uh, the example they use is electronic flight ba bags and medical. They make devices that are thousands of dollars and do less than what the iPad does. And so a lot of customers have been jumping to the iPad because the hardware is better and the the, the, the hardware is better and cheaper and will do as much or more than what the uh, the other kind of the electronic flight bags and stuff like that. Um, and the toy industry is the same thing. The fires though is it's just it's you know it's really stripped down. It's mm -hmm. limited. We talked about how much space it, it can hold for non-Amazon apps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean we we already know that the ability is out there for the tablet to be kind of broken open mm -hmm. uh, kind of in the same way that the Nook color was, yeah. was broken open um, and the, the HP touchpad but you know the touchpad is actually more of a dedicated tablet the fire is really just a stripped down they, it's, they, it's an Android yeah. tablet I mean but, but, but it's, it's stripped down it's really well, stripped it's, it, I wouldn't say it's so much stripped as restricted restricted um, yeah. the platform the hardware is quite a bit lower in than what the iPad especially the iPad 2 has and stuff like that and what they point out at the end of this article is 
Apple manufactures the iPad at a cost that they could cut the price of the iPad down to around 200 bucks and still make a small profit on it. Yeah. Something Amazon can't do. I mean, they're selling them at 200 bucks and they are taking a small loss on it. Right. So, you know, it's it's really I thought this this was just such a really interesting article talks about how much this has affected the uh, the industry. Um you think about I uh, remember uh, a couple years ago we were talking about netbooks and how big netbooks were. Yeah. And that the iPad has basically destroyed the netbook industry oh, yeah. because yeah. Everybody wants an iPad. Nobody, nobody cares about the netbook. There's not a whole lot of use for it. And um, you know, it's it's just. I thought it was a really amazing article. It's totally worth the read. It is a little long, but only if you're not used to reading. So. <laughs> John, are you, John, are you still happy with your uh, Nook Color? I mean, I didn't even see you I, I bust it yeah, up. Yeah, I don't weekend. notice it here yeah, on where, the desk. Where's it at? No, I well, I, I figured you were going to be streaming the video on your your laptop, and you were just going to make fun of it, so I just left it in the backpack. That's your excuse. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just was. <laughs> You know, well, no, when I was just reading through that, though, I, I just thought that was odd that they said, you know, the, the Amazon Kindle was, you know, or the Kindle Fire was the only succeeding one on the market. It's like, well, what, how are they measuring success? Well, by sales, of course. Yeah. I mean, come on. You, know, you got to admit that Kindle Fire is oversold the Nook Color by mm-hmm. leaps and pounds. Yeah. But, or, well, at least the Nook Tablet. Um, but well, which one's been on the market longer? Well, the the color has been. Was it okay? The yeah. Nook color has been for a long time. Yeah, not the color. No, the, the Nook tablet. Well, that's what we're talking about. When I say, well, well there's a difference between well, the yeah, color. Well, yeah, there is a difference between the yeah, tablet and right, the color. Right. I mean, the color is only two hundred bucks. The tablet's two fifty, um, and of course, the Kindle Fire is two hundred bucks. But the the Kindle Fire is outselling the Nook, and you know the the same thing went with the Kindles, the the actual ebook Kindles. Yeah. They outsold the Nooks as hard as as Barnes and Noble was trying, um, especially now that there's not. Honestly, I I can't come up with a really good compelling reason <laughs> to buy the Nook at this point. No, the Kindle now this this year introduced uh, uh, rent loan books from the library through the mm. library systems. Um, with if you have an Amazon Prime account, you have access to a whole bunch more free books. Yep. via your Prime account, and then they have I that mean, borrowing program as well. Yeah, and yeah. and they have lend books now uh, yeah. if the publisher allows it, which is the publisher's fault, not Amazon's fault. Right. You know, I mean, I can't come up with a really compelling reason or any reason to choose the Nook. Over a Kindle, but yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. I guess that's what you can do, and you are literally the giant gorilla in the market. Um, yeah, you know, you can pretty much get away with whatever you want. Almost. Yeah. So, but I thought this is a great article. Do 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 either of you guys see uh, you updating your current tablets now, Joe? I know you have an iPad, you have mm-hmm. a, a touchpad, John. You have a, a Nook. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see with? The newer ones coming down the pipe, possibly a Retina display for an iPad three. Maybe I know there's rumors about that, but do you yeah, guys see you make, do you see making a change? Um, if when I upgrade my tablet, which I will do, I mean I will move to a, a, whatever the next version iPad is. I'll probably move to the iPad three. I anticipated having a Retina display, but it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, the, I don't see why biggest, you, you couldn't at this point. The well. biggest thing, well, the biggest thing is the cost. The display is always the most expensive part. There's also rumor going around. I mean, the rumors come back now that Apple's going to release a 7-inch tablet, yeah. um, which will put a lot of heat on the Kindle Fire because they'll yeah. introduce it at close to the same price point, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's up in the air. Um. I, I thought my, my iPad was amazing and super fast, and I really, really liked it until I got my 4S and realized how much faster the 4S is. 4S is nice. <laughs> um, and so now I've been like, well, I guess I could get an iPad 2 and give my, my old iPad to family or something for Christmas, but I haven't done it yet, so I'm probably not going to this uh, this Christmas anyway. I have other things I'm spending money on. But uh, no, I, I totally anticipate upgrading my my iPad, probably to iPad 3 uh, if it comes out, especially late spring or early summer like it's anticipated. John, do you ever see yourself moving up to an actual full-fledged, non-hacked tablet? I I don't know because, I mean, I, you know, even my laptop. The only time, the biggest usage I get out of it is here for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the rare occasion I might need it at work. Um, I have a specialized cable for the Volkswagen Audi stuff that needs a COM port, so I have to use my laptop to to use that cable. Um, see, but the the way around that is, you. Well, I guess though that you're talking about hooking up to a specific car. Like I use my my iPad to manage servers at work all the time. Yeah. You know, remote into it into that. But yeah, no, no. You know, I mean, there's a, there. Yeah, this this is a, a specific cable for the Volkswagen Audi stuff for doing a specific thing. So I mean, it's really specialized on that. Um, my Nook, I, you know, and I don't have any. Well, there's no. I'm waiting for a book to come out. I've pre-ordered it. It'll still be a. It's probably another five days. 
I mean, I've, I've read some, I, I've read a few books on it, but during the week I don't I don't use it. Um, anything I do at home, I do on my desktop. So you know, I don't I don't really see a need. I don't really have a need to at the, at this time. Uh, very interesting. Uh, you know, thanks to technology and geek news. This is not really geek news per se, uh, but just breaking news as we record this live on Sunday. North Korea dictator Kim Jong Il is dead at the age of 70. So there you go. Wow. Uh, news is reporting that right now. So no more Kim Jong-il jokes. No doubt South Park will still continue the tradition. I'm sure they will. Yes. So there you go. Hopefully some uh, changes, good changes happen for North Korea as a result. Uh, moving on with uh, more geek news, the Roku, uh, Roku 2 LT update will be adding support for both MKVs and an official iOS remote app. And actually, that remote app has already released. Uh, but the cool thing about this is now you can be able to play your MKV files. Now, unfortunately, nothing over your local network yet, only through USB playback. On on the Roku. Oh, okay. The Roku, yes. The the small little hockey puck that looks trying to look like an Apple TV thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, you know, that's one thing I loved about the boxy box, you know, in comparison to the Roku is that you can play all your content locally. It, it, it handles it without a hitch. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a related story, you know, the whole Google review or Logitech review finally got the Google update. Uh-huh. Has, does it throw everything? Have you tried throwing everything at, at, that you can out of John? Yeah. Um, I, I, my friend Ken's that I got set up for him. Um, I did some testing on his. Unfortunately, I'm having a little issue with uh, it playing nice with the uh, my Denon at home. But uh, like I said, it could be an HDMI yeah. issue. I think. Well, What's the uh, problem you're having? It it well, won't handshake. It won't handshake correctly. Hmm. Um, but uh, aside from that, I, I'm really happy with the update. It, it, I like the interface. Um, this past week, when after I was there and I updated, uh, got my friends updated and working we went through because i had some stuff that i'd put on an external drive for him and you know he's kind of whining before that he's like well you know not everything plays i'm like well just leave it alone until this update comes out everything played you know i I didn't find a single file that did not play so i was pretty i was pretty pleased with that um i just need to take care of the issue at my house and I need to take a look at as far as it. There's a media server or something they were talking about. Set you, know, you can set up so that it'll it'll talk nicely. I mean, it'll talk to one of my Windows box. It's a DL, DLNA compatible thing. It's, yeah. you know, it, it hooks in on that stuff. Um, I need to get one set or set up for the my Linux box at home to help be able to host for that. Cool. Final uh, geek story before we move on the gaming, and that is uh, Ford has finally uh, put into production the Ford Focus Electric. Uh, you can get yours this coming January. The, the great thing about this is it is a purely electric vehicle, uh, just like the Nissan Leaf. Uh, the range for this vehicle is about 70 miles, uh, slightly cheaper than the Nissan Leaf. And also the Nissan Leaf is, um, I don't have a price comparison here for the Nissan Leaf. But unfortunately, if you want to go ahead and get one of these, the charging stations are installed I believe still by the Geek Squad, Best Buy installs <laughs> the charging stations for your garage. Uh, but you know, with most of your local commutes, you know, most people live within 20 miles of work. You would be able to use this as your commuting car, um, and it's not bad for the price. And I don't, you know, I don't think that that I don't know. The price seems really high to me. Really, thirty-nine Yeah, but uh, you got to realize there's rebates. There's government right, but according incentives. to Wikipedia, the retail price of the 2011 Leaf in the U.S. is thirty-two seven eighty. Hmm. And you get better range, and anyway, it it just seems thirty-nine thousand seems really really high for that. I guess it's it's bigger. Since you you could buy the Tesla S for forty-nine thousand, is that true? Uh, and you get a hundred and sixty miles per charge on that. I'm not sure. Is that the old sports car that they yeah. they stopped making? So yeah. that would be used. Yeah, it would be used. Um, maybe I don't know, but it's yeah, a great forty thousand bucks seems like really high to me. And at forty grand, I'd probably be looking at a Volt over the the Focus. Yeah, the one thing that's interesting is 
with all the money that you would put up towards up front, are you really saving anything in the long run over a traditional gasoline vehicle? Now, granted, I know there's the argument, oh, we want to save the planet, save fossil fuels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But would you end up saving anything over the long run by getting a, a hybrid? Or... Depends on the long run. I mean, nobody really knows how long these cars last, if they're yeah. going to go 100,000 miles, 200,000 miles, 500,000 miles. And uh, I think I saw an estimate on, on some of the hybrid cars, especially um, I think the example they were using was the Toyota um, Prius. Prius, whatever, um, was uh, that you'd, you'd have to you'd have to drive it um, compared to a, a comparable. Um, what's wrong, Chase? Compar- uh, uh, compared to a comparable right, in size, uh, <laughs> a comparable in size, high efficiency, small small car. Um, you know, like some of the Volkswagen Golfs or, or yeah. that you know that sort yeah. of car, not a diesel necessarily, but a, a high high efficiency um, a, a gas. You'd have to drive the car something like 120,000 miles. It's the most incredible to make car up the in the world. Right, but it is less fuel efficient than a BMW M3. Right. Um, if you drive it as hard as you can. <laughs> John's but, still happy with his Volkswagen Quantum. Yeah. Right, John? Yes. What, <laughs> what were you going to say? No, I was trying to... Th- I, was, I was just going... Now, did he screw the name of that car up in... I Man. said no, we Quantum. Didn't say anything, said, we didn't say anything negative. Did you say anything negative I about said it? Volkswagen Quantum, and yeah. he thought I said Sirocco. I was going, <laughs> I was like, because <laughs> you generally purposely screw that up. Uh, I know, that's funny. Sirocco? Yeah. Yeah. But no, no, you have a Quantum, and you're happy with it. Yes. Yeah. I'm just waiting for Forza 4 to have the Quantum that it I won't. can drive. I know. Yeah. Why would it? I know. Well, it's such an oddball car. I want it to have the, uh, the Volkswagen Blue Series, the super, super, super oh. fuel-efficient one, mm. you know. Oh, you don't run out of gas on the track. That's probably, right. That's probably another DLC coming down the pipe. Probably. <laughs> yeah, sure it is. Uh, talking about some gaming news. Gaming news this time. Uh, moving on to that topic. So Zynga. Zynga is the big thing on Facebook. You know, they have all these social games. They make a buttload of money. Free-to-play games. Free-to-play Free games. Free-to-play games. Free-to-play games, but you, you're buying points. You're buying all these things. So Zynga decided, hey, you know what? We're going to capitalize on this. We're going to go public. So guess what? They went public last week. At $10 a share. Woo! Yeah, but, but that's not all. It got worse. So <laughs> so <laughs> so it opened Holy up crap. it opened at it opened at $10 a share. But investors were not very pleased with it. So what happened was it went up a dollar to 11 and then it dropped back down to 2, then 30, then 50 cents before leveling off at 950. But they held the stock because uh, it was starting to drop so bad that underwriters had to put more money to stabilize the stock, buy more stock to keep the bid up. So basically, in a nutshell, their IPO was a bust. It, it really <laughs> it didn't do well for them at all, which is not surprising. You know, when you have a company that's kind of based upon virtual coin, yeah. um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Did you buy any stock at 50 cents a share? <laughs> Uh, well, it went down fifty cents. Oh, down fifty cents. Down fifty cents. Down thirty. Dropped back. It, it was not. It did not go up. Usually, IPOs they'll they'll open at a base level and uh-huh. then they'll skyrocket. I mean, you look at yeah. Google. Uh, you look at many many uh, tech IPOs, all done the same thing. Uh, but it didn't quite do it. Yeah. No. But so Farmville, not quite there. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, talking about um, hmm, what should we jump to? Really don't have a good segue to anything here. Uh, let's talk about Xbox Live. Now, Xbox Live recently launched their new dashboard, which, by the way, I believe is a much better improvement, in my opinion. I, I really dig it. Does it still have ads? Of course. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> included in that Oh, yeah, the new Terms of Service. Is a new Terms of Service. Now, yeah. you guys probably remember the Supreme Court decision that took away the class action lawsuit stuff, as long as it's in the uh, in the uh, terms of service. And sure enough, here it is, following in Sony's footsteps, Microsoft updated their Xbox Live terms of service to include a clause that forces users to relinquish their right to file or engage in a class action lawsuit under any circumstance. Uh, now, you have to agree to these terms, otherwise you will not be able to use the Xbox Live service. So there you go. You have to go into arbitration, which typically is funded by the set company who uh, wants that arbitration. Yep. But then again, you know, people usually just click the box or say yes or say accept, and they move forward. Uh, but just something you should be aware of that, yes, companies rule the world. So did you sign it? 
well, I didn't sign it. I accepted it and moved on. What's interesting about this is it also says, uh, reading through this, says that neither you nor Microsoft will seek to have any dispute heard as a class action, a representative action, a collective action, a private attorney general action, or in any proceeding in which you or Microsoft acts or purports to act in a representative capacity. So if something were to happen and you were to contact your attorney general and try to start a um, government-based suit against them, Right. You wouldn't be able to partake in that suit in, in any way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. But yeah. on the other hand, Microsoft can't do the same thing but to how, you either. But how often are we entering <laughs> into lawsuits? I mean, really? Well, depends on the product and what's going on. It I seems mean, to happen on a regular basis. Who's making the money, though? It's it's the attorneys. It's the lawyers. Well, the attorneys are always making the money. But more important than the attorneys making the money, I think, is, is the point that we're going to impact the companies and change the action that they're making. The... The, the things that they're doing is what we're trying to change, right? Right, that's true. So, uh, Great, neat little story here about uh, gamers spending more time streaming video to their consoles. Uh, Nielsen, which is the company that I work for, uh, has provided the information to say that year over year, from 2011, from 2010, more people, uh, these are uh, gamers or users ages 13 and up, are using their consoles for streaming services. The one uh, number that really jumped out at me, there's a few things that you can pull from this data. One, uh, 33% of users are using the Nintendo Wii as a streaming box. Uh, the only thing that you can really stream on the Wii is Netflix. I don't know of any other... Well, it, has, it does have a web browser, so you can do YouTube and stuff like that. But Yeah, but I, mostly it's probably Netflix. Netflix yeah. Uh, that's up 33%, uh, 13% over last year, 20%. Now... Oddly enough, most gamers who game on the Wii are offline on the Wii. 55% of gamers on the Wii are gaming offline, as opposed to 38% on the PlayStation 3 and 34% on the Xbox 360. More gamers are gaming online with the 360, 33%, as opposed to 16% for the PlayStation 3 and only 8% for the Nintendo Wii. And But looks like PlayStation 3 is the console of choice for watching DVDs and Blu-rays. 22% of gamers use the PlayStation 3 as opposed to 9% for the 360. So, I mean, really interesting stats here. You know, I've always thought of Xbox 360. If you play online, that's the console you want. If you want a Blu-ray console and watch movies and stuff, the PlayStation 3 is what you want. And if you want a paperweight, the Nintendo Wii is what you See, want. See, I don't, I don't think that's entirely correct. <laughs> I know, I um, know. But, it, you know, I, I think what, what actually is important from this is, based on these numbers, you can really tell where each console is focusing their efforts. That's true. The Xbox is mostly about online play. Yeah. The single player, a lot of the single player content sucks. Yeah. When it comes down to it. Yeah. The play, PS3 kind of loads the balance. There's some good single player content. Think about uh, um, Drake's Fortune, that, that sort of title. Yeah. Some really good single player content. The online is good, but obviously not as good as the 360. Yep. The Nintendo Wii, I, I do honestly think, if you can overlook the graphical differences, which it's a great, it's standalone. a great standalone yeah. single player. Yep. Um, you know, it's the it's the sort of the sort of console that if you have kids, this is what you put your kids down in front of because you don't have to worry about the content they're going to run into. Yeah. They can play Zelda, they can play Mario, they can get into all those games, and those games, the single player on those games, actually great. I've been having a wonderful time going through Zelda. Um, Skyward Sword on my Wii. Uh, yeah. it, I've spent more time on the Wii in the last three weeks than I've spent on any of the other consoles in the last year. Now, one thing it does show on this data is across all three consoles that streaming is up, on-demand streaming is up. So obviously the console makers are looking at their options and trying to provide more services to get more people to buy their stuff and not just saying, hey, it can play games, but it can do much, much more. And what kind of video streaming are you thinking of besides Netflix? Well, if you look at the 360, you got Hulu Plus. If you look at the PlayStation 3, you have the MLB.TV app, uh, ESPN3, also on the Xbox 360. I mean, I've watched that many times. So there's there's many more streaming, and more and more all the time. I don't know. If, I haven't shown it to you, Joe, but Sci-Fi just launched an app. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. I know there's Talks of Discovery launching an app. There's a YouTube app now for the Xbox 360. So there's all these... They're, they're trying to bring their hooks in. And obviously, you know, we talked about it before on the show, Verizon Fios, Xfinity by Comcast, all with watching TV options if you have their service through your Xbox 360 console. Which seems silly because usually you have a cable box room too. But. Right, but, you know, if you're already, you know, if, you know, you want to look at, like, on-demand type content, it might be easier to navigate if you're more 
besides that, that mm. interface is much more cleaner. Than, more cleaner? More cleaner than a Comcast interface. You've probably seen it. It's, more cleaner. You know what I mean. Yeah. It sucks. John? Uh, I just thought it was odd that the, the Wii yes, had everything kind of hammered. I mean, everybody else kind of beat us watching the on, online demand. Considering you can't do H, you know, the, or at least the original Wii, you couldn't do any HD like the You H still can't do HD on, I know. on Wii. I was just was surprised that they had such a huge um, jump. Jump. I mean, it's thirty-three percent. Yeah. On on the on-demand well, video streaming. Well, what else can, can the Wii do? If you're not playing games, you're gonna watch. Some, you're gonna watch something. <laughs> I mean, Netflix. It's it's. At, well, but but it the was Wii, there, there was a time when yeah. the Wii was the cheapest way to get into gaming. Mm-hmm. Cheapest, and if you want to do gaming and Netflix, that was the cheapest way of doing it. Well, I I don't know. I think besides, I mean, besides just streaming Wii and and or streaming Netflix and 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 playing Wii games, you have to remember that almost all of or a big chunk of Nintendo's back game catalog is available on the Wii. That's true. And uh, I mean the yes. the the amount of content that you can get through the the Wii online stores and stuff like that is really pretty amazing. And some of those old games, those are the games that a lot of people play. I mean, how many of those old titles do you think are in your main cabinet? Oh, thousands. Yeah. So. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, getting... thousands that are, you know, uh, whatever. Thousands that you previously owned, yeah. Yeah, a long time ago, yeah. before the great fire of 1999. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, one thing that doesn't equate into this study or into the, the information that Nielsen provided is PC gaming. Uh, now, there was a really cool article from IGN UK that talked about, is PC gaming really more expensive than consoles? Uh, one, uh, PC gamer challenges one of the most persuasive assumptions in gaming. The big assumption is, oh well, you have all the costs of the hardware involved with a PC. You know, making your, you know, putting your tower together, getting a good video card, uh, you know, good keyboard, mouse, all that fun stuff. This article is really long, and it is in you know uh, UK, so you're talking about pounds here. Uh, but they try to build a comparable system uh, in comparison to the consoles. And an HD TV, you know, you got to add in all these extra costs. You just can't say, oh, I'm just going to buy a console and just play it. Well, you need a TV for that console and a slightly, you know, good sized television and stuff. Uh, so basically, in a nutshell, and your mileage may vary, uh, but they say over the period of three years, okay, three years, if you purchased 47 games over those three years, so, you know, it's a lot of games. It's a lot of games. That the Plus average the average cost that you'll spend on the 360 as opposed to what you would spend on the PC is about 370 pounds cheaper on the PC than it is on the console. Now they equated this because they're not saying all PC games are cheaper, but if you look at when games come out for console and for PC at the same time, more often than not, the PC game is sometimes. 10 to 15 dollars cheaper minus you know big first party you know big titles like modern warfare 3 or battlefield 3 but i've seen many like great examples like fifa uh you'll see it for 59.99 on the console but for the computer it's 49.99 also you'll see these sales uh, drop on steam all the time gut what 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 does your gut tell you guys do you guys think that consoles gaming is cheaper or pc gaming is cheaper uh, I think, you know, this. what's interesting is I, I would imagine they're fairly close on with this. And the reason for the big reason I see this the difference between the, for the, the game costs is they're selling the consoles at a loss or close to a loss. So to the, gain the, money games back are, on the, the games, games are a little more yeah. expensive to try to make that money back. Um, this also doesn't include the fact that hard drives are, have skyrocketed. Um, you know, you can hard drives have just gotten ridiculous in cost, but that'll come back down again. And they'll be as cheap as they were, cheaper than they were. Wouldn't that affect consoles too? <laughs> uh, probably Except to some degree, but it won't affect the end user console. It'll affect how much money Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo makes off. Other than Nintendo doesn't put a hard drive in theirs, but it'll affect how much it costs the manufacturers, not because they're not going to up the price on the consoles. They'll just you know try to get a little more money back on the accessories again. Right. Um. Yeah, they can absorb it because they're in they're in it for the long haul. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a really interesting hypothesis they have here and their numbers look accurate i think um they go through their their part costs kind of fast and they're all in british pounds which i can't necessarily always do the math for in my head um (laughs) 
But uh, you know, it's it's not bad, and they they but they do build kind of a low end system. It's only a GTX 560, uh, and uh, an AMD Phenom two, which isn't the highest end system, but uh, it's not bad. Um, I could see this happening. I could see this being accurate. Uh, and they are, of course, including uh, for some reason they also include a connection with Talk Talk for fifteen fourteen fifty pounds a month. I don't know what that is. I have no idea. No idea. It must, talk, must be some sort of UK some, service. It, well, it, it, I'm wondering if it's like a chat service, like you know, they're 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 trying to make something like Xbox Live, you know, <laughs> so that you can talk with your friends or mates, whatever. But no, I, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's uh, I, it's definitely got a, a good argument behind it. Um, and it is though they are including also the purchase of a TV. Because they include a purchase of a monitor with the computer, they're including purchases of a TV with the the, the uh, console. Yeah, you have to. So, yeah, got to be. You got to be comparative. You got to yeah. be fair. Uh, you know, talking about PC gaming, uh, one of the big uh, things in PC gaming right now is Minecraft, and Minecraft's lead, uh, former lead designer Notch, just head of Mojang, head of, head of Mojang, just concluded. Now, no more uh, live stream. This this it just concluded right before we went on the air today, but Notch was streaming. His design uh, with dubstep, which I don't even call it dubstep music, but anyway, he was streaming at 1080p his programming of a new game uh, at a, a, a competition called Lundrum Dare 22, a 48-hour programming competition. Uh, but it was really cool to watch. We were watching it earlier, uh, and just goes to show the talent the guy has in creating stuff. And we actually got to play a, I guess would you want to call it, Joe, what, an alpha version of what yeah, he was working uh, on? Yeah, it was a development version that he'd put up online. Uh, it would have been last night, so about halfway through development, which sounds really weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's sort of a, a top-view Minecraft. Actually, I thought it looked a lot like the original Zelda, but Minecraft. So, kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really neat stuff. Um, let's talk about Skyrim. You know, we talked about Skyrim. It was a pick of the week. And now we're talking about issues with Skyrim, uh, primarily with the PlayStation 3. Uh, what they're saying, that it's had a lot more bugs and glitches than the other versions. Uh, PlayStation 3 are suffering some specific issues, uh, one of them being uh, lag issues with frame rate. What they're saying is the problem is the save file is getting larger and larger, and as that save file increases, the problems with the frame rate are worsening. Uh, some of the issues uh, that uh, you can do to uh, prevent this from occurring is disabling your auto saves, deleting uh, uh, extra file saves, and keeping the file size low as much as you can until uh, the pat there's another patch <laughs> uh, you know uh, sent out. There's already a 1.3 patch. But it hasn't really officially affixed some of the other issues here. Uh, now, Joe, have you been playing it out at all on the PC? And if so, have you, in, you know, encountered any major issues on the PC side of it? Um, you know, I played a little while, and then I went on vacation uh, and left it behind, and then came back and played Zelda. So I haven't really play spent a whole lot of time in it um, for the last couple of weeks, last few weeks here. But um, when I did play it, I didn't see any major problems. Uh, it looked pretty good. I mean, I thought it looked really good. And uh, it was relatively fast, kind of frustrating having to run between everywhere. But um, no, I, I didn't see any major problems with it. I did hear other people talking about problems. I guess there was a patch at one point on PC that caused some of the dragons to fly backwards. <laughs> um, Jeez. But that was quickly resolved, Yeah, as you might imagine. Uh, but no, I know they've had a lot of problems with it on all platforms, but I guess PS3 is the worst one so far. Oh, boy. Well, you know what? If, if you have it on the PS3, folks, I mean, uh, take those tips in heart. Uh, and, you know, and, and one of the other suggestions, by the way, that I didn't read, turn it off. I mean, <laughs> you know, honestly, they're saying, you know, part of it is, you know, long play sessions can also uh, attribute to that problem. Yep. Uh, final story, and this is another PlayStation 3 story, is Gran Turismo 5. There's going to be a 2.02 update, and downloadable content will be landing on December 20th. Uh, obviously, a lot of us have been playing uh, Forza. I've been playing a lot of Forza. Uh, but there's a car pack, too, that will be coming out. Uh, that will be $3.99. And it will come with a 2012 Nissan GTR uh, Black R35, a 2010 Volkswagen Scirocco R, and a 2010 Volkswagen Gold 6R, and the 2011 Mini Cooper S. 
the free title update will include a new set of wheels, uh, a 2013 GT86, and some improvements, uh, car wash coupons, and all that other fun stuff as well. So, granted, you know what? It may not be the latest and greatest thing that's out there, but it's good to see that GT is still strong. And I know a lot of gamers that are way behind GT, and you know they've been playing it for years. And still a fun one to play. I mean, hell, Joe, you and I, you know, when we, uh, mm-hmm. you were up here, but what was it, about six months or a year ago? Somewhere around there. Trying to get that Top Gear uh, mm-hmm. test track. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. there's a lot of people who still, who, who say that the Gran Turismo driving simulator is a much, much better simulation than what Forza has. And yeah. I don't, I can't speak to that being true right. or not. I don't spend a whole lot of time in real race cars, so I don't know which one's closer. But, um I've had a lot of fun with Gran Turismo, the whole Gran Turismo series. Cool. John, I mean, you, you've played Forza when we, yeah. we've done the uh, the Forza uh, simulation nights. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's your opinion to Forza to give it uh, some fair and equal balanced coverage here on the show? Well, I, I, I guess it can't be really fair or equal considering I... Well, Joe has his opinions on yeah. GT. But, but he... Well, I mean... Now, you, you said you haven't played Forza, have you? Uh, I don't know if I've played Forza 4, Four. but I've, I've played Forza 3. Okay. Four's um, pretty good. Again, we never got a chance to play. Nope. Yeah, because I mean, I, I four's the four is the only thing I've I've done, uh, or you know, had any experience with lately. Um, compared to other ones I've seen in the past, I mean, it's it's, it's actually pretty nice. Um, but I have my own issues with driving games. I guess the thing that struck me about four is at least Forza three. I'm sure Forza four is the same way. Is it seemed at the beginning more approachable than Gran Turismo is. Uh, And Gran Mm -hmm. Turismo 5 fixed some of that, but Gran Turismo, you know, early versions of Gran Turismo started out basically with pick a car, start a race, good luck. (laughs) And and I think Forza gives you a little bit more leading than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, good for, for somebody who's starting out, but obviously people who are passionate about who've been, been playing racing games for a while, some, a lot of them prefer the the GT approach where it's, you know, head first. Now, are you able to still go in and tweak, you know, tweak stuff on the car? Oh, pressure? everything. Yeah, okay. everything. Yeah. I mean, GT Break is what bias. really pioneered that. And so, okay. yeah, you can go in and if you get the right transmission, you can change all your gear ratios. If you get the right suspension set, you can change every mm-hmm. possible suspension option. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, GT really is what pioneered that, and they certainly haven't left that behind. All right, now it's time to talk about our picks of the week. These are the coolest, neatest, geekiest item from the past week that we decided to pick and share with you, our listening and viewing public. Oh, you want to start with him first? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. That's fine. So, Mr. John Kessler, mm-hmm. what is your pick of the week? Week, week, week. My pick of the week was the TV series coming that's come out is uh, Into the Universe with Stephen Hawkins. Um, Hawkins. Auto technicians are a strong group. Yes. Yeah, sorry, this yeah. damn ad just started. Um. I've been watching it over Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'd seen stuff about it, and not having TV, I couldn't really go on. You know, couldn't watch it. Um, but I was happy, you know, surprised or you know, happy the other day. I saw it was on available on Netflix, and it's Stephen Hawkins. You know, not not, not exactly in his words. He's always got people. You know, you know, doing audio work for him, but uh, kind of exploring. You know how things are working in the universe, and what you know what's possibly out there. Um, I think it's it's nicely done. Anybody you know, it's in, into um, you know science and and the universe and, and stuff. It's actually a pretty good watch. It looks really cool. Um, and is this something similar to like the whole Carl Sagan Cosmos series thing? Yeah, it's how a. How do you define God? They need to stop that. Go ahead, John. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, it, it is kind of along that line, except for uh, you know he isn't going out to funky locations and. Do we do we have to hear? Do we hear him talk? Is he talking in the uh, say and speak talk? voice? Well, it, it starts out and it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, because it starts out with that, and then it kind of rolls into um, somebody. You know, it's, it's done some narrative. You know, the voice work. You know, for it. Oh, okay, that's cool. But uh, yeah, it, it it does start out with him. T- you know him talking that's cool um and it rolls I in i like the description here it says uh it's a planet earth of the heavens <laughs> you know the planet earth series from yeah. BBC. Uh, that's yeah. kind of a cool description for it um but uh you know and now you know with some of the imagery that we, we were pulling out you know out of our you know the the, the space telescopes it the uh, it looks pretty nice very cool well that's that's a great great pick it's called once again into the universe uh, with stephen hawking uh, and uh, you know what I say, you know, check it out if you get Discovery. Um, if you don't, uh, just check it out online. They have video clips 
at uh, discovery.com, and we'll have a link in our show notes. It's thoroughly in, um, endorsed by the elders of the internet. <laughs> the great elders of the internet, <laughs> yes. All right, Mr. Joseph Falvey, what is your pick of the week? Week, 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 week. Is the echo done? Week. Uh, well, this is, I thought this was kind of cool. I ran across this. Um, so everybody's heard about the Google Chromebooks. Uh, right. I know yes. a lot of people signed up for to receive a beta version, and a few people got them. But uh, it's a cool idea. What's what's happening is the Palo Alto Library in California is loaning out the Chromebooks. So the whole laptop you can get. You can what? have it loaned to you. You can just check out the, the Yeah, laptop? the entire laptop. The for Chromebook. How long? It's like three weeks? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's quite for three weeks. Oh. Um, it's uh, they're, the... the uh, um, They've long been offering them for visitors, but they're only available for two-hour windows. Uh, however, they recently promised that they would be available for a little longer. I'm not. Uh, it says it'll be available for up to one-week periods beginning at next year. Wow. So starting next year, if you are in the Palo Alto area and you are a member of the library, you can go down there and check out an entire laptop for a week. Uh, which is really cool. I mean, and the Chromebooks don't, you know, don't be fooled. The Chromebooks are pretty cool little laptops. They uh, they obviously are primarily designed to access the Google content, but they will go anywhere on the internet. Um, they're a full, you know, full up web browser and everything. Now, now I was going to can can you check out eBooks on that? If so, I, I'm wondering, you know, if someone says, you know, hey, I want to do this, but I also want to, you know, check out a book or two with this, so I can read an eBook. You know, or do they have their entire eBook library on the laptop? <laughs> uh, well, the library, the entire library is not going to be available on the laptop yeah. because the publishers are super stupid about yeah. how they check those out. Um, but uh, I don't know if you'd be able to access everything. Most of the the library books, the check outable library books, the ebooks, are in um, Adobe EPUB format. Yeah, uh, and. There's probably an EPUB reader on the Chromebooks, but I really I can't say for sure. Well, I mean, even if you could, you could do uh, the Nooks, you know, the Nook PC app would read it. You know, I'm sure there's probably well, but, different. But you, you, I'm, I would hope. I mean, if I was running this program, I would make sure that these things were locked down hard enough that you wouldn't be able to do a whole lot yeah. with them other than run Chrome OS or Chromium. Uh, but uh, no, I, I think it's cool. Um, it, it's something I would love to uh, talk to our library about where I where I live. And uh, see if they'd want to try something similar, but um, that would cost money, and uh, they have none. Very yeah. cool. Well, <laughs> obviously these these folks got money somewhere to do this. Uh, they probably got it from Google. Would be my guess. Oh yeah, Google only has a you know, few billion. Like, yeah, they can yeah. throw they can throw some cash around. Not yeah. a big deal. So very. Oh, I, wait, I got. No. Is that Just for keep, you? Yeah, keep oh. going. Uh, yeah, I should have told them not to do that. But. Oh, that's all right. Fine. He, he ordered pizza delivery. Oh, he did. We had like leftovers. I'm sure he didn't actually. I'm oh, okay, I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, no man. We, we only have a little bit of leftovers. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, my pick of the week this week is a cool little piece of hardware that I'm very interested in. I've read a lot about it, and it's finally out. Um, it's the Channel Master TV, and it's a little mini set-top box there. But what is interesting about this little box is an over-the-air DVR that, that has features that are built into it you don't have to pay any additional charges for it whatsoever uh, so for those users out there like myself who has antenna only but want to make sure that you don't uh, you know miss those favorite programs that you may have on network television you will get that feature uh, built into the box so it's a DVR for antenna users uh, the cool thing about this uh, piece of device it has built in 802.11n which is great for streaming that content. And you're probably thinking, well, wait a minute, it's a DVR. Why would I need wireless built into it? Well, it also has a, sm a couple of small apps in there. Uh, it does have the, uh, it has, uh, what is it? The Voodoo app built into it. So you can watch Voodoo movies. Unfortunately, no Netflix, no Hulu. Uh, and what sucks about it is you have just the Voodoo apps as well. So you can watch movies and the, the video quality for Voodoo movies is really cool. Now, granted, it you know it is limited, but I gotta say though, if you are interested in getting a DVR for your over-the-air for antenna broadcasts, I think this is a great solution for those people out there who want to have that ability. And you can check that out at uh, oh god, wait, we have an we have an audience now, John. What, yeah. What? What's we have a live studio audience of two. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, no, check that out. Um, you know, through Channel Master, it's going to set you back $399. So any any idea what OS this runs and if it's going to be modifiable or? Don't know. Don't know. Oh, don't know. But unfortunately, one thing that kind of sucks about these boxes that do the streaming things, Joe, is mm-hmm. if it doesn't have Netflix, some people will just ignore it completely. Well, and and it, <laughs> at, I mean, at three hundred bucks, you're going to really have to want the DVR functionality. Otherwise, you'd be better off just right. buying a Boxy or a Roku or, you know, yeah. any of the other many options. Or or building yourself your own DVR like through a Windows Media Center PC or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for four hundred bucks, you can get pretty close to building that. Um, you know, building it's going to be really, really yeah. close, really tough. But you know, you'd have to get the the specialty keyboard so you can use it from your couch. You know, some people just want a nice, simple remote only solution. Um, and this works. This works. Three hundred ninety nine bucks through Channel Master. Check that out if you haven't done so. We'll have a link to this in our show notes as well. Um, couple of uh, interesting programming notes we want to share with everybody about. First off, as always, you can head up to our website at geekgamer.tv. There you can see everything that we've produced and published to this point. Uh, Minecraft Me, Geek Gamer Weekly. Speaking of Minecraft Me, we have a very cool uh, contest we want to share with the listeners of Geek Gamer Weekly. And that is, we're going to be giving a ticket away to PDXLand 19 in Portland, Oregon, February 2012. And Joe, since you're the most experienced, educated man of the contest, you want to talk about it real quick? Yeah, so what we're looking for is we're looking for ideas on a contest that we can run at the LAN. Yes. That will take about 24 hours. We'll have a, a clear winner at the end. And, um, and it's something that we can easily get set up and running at the event, but has to take place during the LAN. Right. Uh, it will be a sponsored contest, so it'll have uh, some kind of prize behind it. Don't know what it is at this point, uh, but uh, looking forward to doing this. Uh, PDXLand 19 is going to be the 17th through the 20th in February of, of 2012. Um, and again, we're going to have the uh, we'll ha- we'll host the the contest to decide the contest for the land. <laughs> That's why okay. we're calling it right. the, the Minecraft Me contest for a contest contest. contest. Yeah. So uh, so we're looking for ideas. Uh, go ahead and submit it. It's going to be geekgamer.tv slash contest. Yeah. Right? Isn't that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're going to accept entries until the... Uh, January 12th. January 12th. 5 p.m. Pacific. And uh, at that point, we will decide what we're going to do with them. Probably put up a survey and have people vote on the top uh, the top five or, or Top three, so. whatever. Whatever, whatever we end yeah. up with. And... Um, and yeah, it should be really cool. But uh, a ticket for PDX Land is worth about seventy bucks, so it's uh, it's a worthwhile thing. And PDX Land is a really great time if you haven't been there before. Uh, official rules and everything are are at geekgamer.tv/contest. All entries are, like I said, due by January twelfth, twenty twelve. The free pass will be sent digitally, uh, all uh, open to all residents of the U.S. and planet Earth, unless restricted by law of your locality. Uh, you have to fill out the form completely. Uh, odds of winning are determined by the entries received and vote by the general public at geekgamer.tv slash contest once the deadline is reached. Public vote will count towards 50% of the voting rights. Joe and I will reserve 50% of the other part of the voting rights. So yeah, fill this out. You know what? If you have an idea for a contest that you could conduct, this is a great way to help uh, You know, really just use your brain to, to try to think outside the box and come up with something really cool Minecraft-related that can be conducted within a 24-hour period. Uh, so no, not a long-term contest or anything like that. So if you have an idea, you want to win a free ticket to what will surely be a sold-out event, check it out, geekgamer.tv slash contest. So very good stuff. Uh, we want to remind everybody, you can get everything, like I said, at geekgamer.tv. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on the Zoom Marketplace. You can find us on the Boxy Box, also on the Tech Podcast Network. You can find us everywhere. So... You know, make sure you tell a friend about the show, write a review if you haven't re- written a review about us or anything like that as well. Other than that, that's about it for the show. I, I want to say a big thank you, Mr. Joe. Thanks for coming by. Yay. That's been fun. It's been All right, time. get out. <laughs> no, just kidding. Actually, yeah. I want Hit the to. Road. I got to get back down to Portland tonight. That's yeah. right. Joe's got to leave. He can't stay. Hit no the road, Jack. Any longer. Yeah. Uh, Mr. John Kessler, the president of Chat Operations. Just that he forgot your name for a minute. Yeah. You know, there's been a really quiet <laughs> chat room. Yeah, it has there. been tonight. Yeah, it's been um, really quiet tonight. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I'm creeping in the backyard, background there. There you go. 
I'm Chase Nunes. You can follow me on Twitter, N-U-N-E-S, if you so do uh, choose to do so. I also want to let everybody know uh, that uh, we are planning on possibly adding a third show. Yes, a third show. And it would be called, drumroll, Late Night Tech. <laughs> now, you're probably thinking, oh, Chase, you're, you're going to rip off what Twit used to do? Well, I want to let everybody know, we actually did a show, and I have the recording, way before Eric Lanigan uh, did a show called Late Night Tech. We did a show called Late Night Tech with, with Kyle Rump. What do you, what do you, what? Nothing, what, nothing. nothing. Keep nothing. going, keep going. What? You're on a roll. Go. No, keep going. Go. Get it. What are you guys doing over nothing. there? Nothing. Okay. Don't be. Finish your pitch. Come on. So anyway, it'll be a live call-in show where you'll, you'll dial a direct number, and Joe and I will take your calls to talk about anything geeky or gaming-related. Or maybe we'll just turn this show into that. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. We'll yeah. come up with something. It'll be fun. Yeah. So anyway, look for that coming soon, possibly. Uh, other than that, that's about it. Thanks for watching and listening to the show. We'll see you next week for another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. Good night, Gracie. He feels stucky. Second. Oh, Bob second. Do you want a Bob second? Yeah. I do. Bob second. 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 Bob second.